Brilliant. So we are live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Online Events Made Simple Live this week. I'm Rianne, and I'm the Marketing and Events Manager from EventMind. And today we're joined with the lovely David Ogis from Nobody's Cafe. David, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, yeah. So as you said, Rianne, I'm David, uh, founder of Nobody's Cafe. I have worked in the sort of events and experiential industry probably since I was about 16, started putting on my own nights mm. at bars and then that moved into nightclubs, which then moved into working more experiential with brands like Cadbury's and uh, been working okay. with companies like Specsavers. Then I moved over to Dubai mm. and was working with companies like PlayStation and Mercedes and then back to London. Um, where I worked with Pepsi and companies like Culture Trip Mm. Shopify and, and loads of different ones and then eventually last year founded Nobody's Cafe um, so that's mm. that's where I am now um, been obviously building this got a couple of co-founders that work alongside work alongside me just building this um, and yeah we amazing we and who isn't who is Nobody's Cafe I'm sure you're going to go on to that now but the name is very broad. I mean, is it a cafe? Is it a business? For the people listening, I'm um, sure they might have heard so or might not have heard. It, it came to me, I, was, I went to an exhibit a couple of years ago. Um, it was all about events and different events from around the world and different countries. Um, it was mm. a Barbican. Um, so I went there and there were all different events. And there was one in the 1920s that writers, creatives, um, artists, musicians would like come together, hold their own events and mm. sort of talk about ideas, share ideas and elevate culture. And the place that they did that was called Cafe Dunedin and that translated mm. to Cafe. So that really inspired me to sort of name this, this company this because we are more of an experiential collective than your standard agency. So the way yeah. that we work is pulling together the right freelancers and suppliers and other agencies to kind of build the team that's right for the the client and realistically right for the project mm. so what we would look to do is find the right expertise and the right um, suppliers and agencies to to build a collective really and say for example if you're targeting a sports audience people that have done that type of work can come together and say like this is what we're doing if you automotive um, technology and it just helps sort of bring that together and nobody's cafe acts as the glue for that we can mm. manage that and then bringing those people together and then delivering for the client so it was just the way I kind of wanted to move things I felt it was something that had been in my mind for a couple of years and then the pandemic hit um, obviously a mm. lot of things happened for a lot of us in the events and experiential industry I know we've had some semi-good news this week but um yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt that there was a more streamlined, but also a more collective and collaborative way of working together and allowing us to mm. collaborate in ways that we kind of had. And the way it was sort of set up was just you have your agency, you have the people inside that agency and they deliver. And it wasn't always as flexible and easy to kind of deliver for the for the client. And also sometime on the freelancer side, freelancers were working with 
different agencies and not necessarily getting to be on the projects they want to be on, not necessarily getting the rates they wanted to get. And so this is trying to be mm. a bit more of a fairer way of like, we're all what I like to call experiential creators. So that includes photographers, yeah. videographers, the creators, the designers, all of us together is, is what delivers. And I think over the past year as well, specifically with the pandemic, that is something that we're all now seeing. We're all, we were all in this sort of same boat together. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough year for, for everyone. It's, it's crazy that it's a year. Um, this time last year, yeah. I was planning to be at South by Southwest and then South by Southwest was oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it feels like it's just been strange, isn't it? But that sounds like such a great company. And I think community building is such a big thing this past year, because kind of we're all, of, all in it together especially kind of creators and event organizers, especially that kind of sector, it's such a big thing. For people who might be listening, who maybe want to get involved with this, how do they go about it? Is there like an application process or? So, so yeah, so we've got on the website, there's a sort of join us. So just dropping details in there and we'll get back in touch. Mm. We're looking to start pulling, because like you said, community is such a big thing. We're looking to start yeah. pulling together some um, events, for for the community some stuff on clubhouse as well if any of you mm. signed up um i'm on that clubhouse bandwagon at the moment um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah just starting to develop in that we're also looking to bring in sort of like mentorship programs and all of those things that we want to help the community grow i feel like yeah. we've all been through a tough time and i think we can grow together i know for myself it, i've been in this industry for for a very long time at this point and there's bits that I wish wish I could have had earlier on in my career and yeah. that help and support that I'd like to be able to know this cafe to eventually help others as well. And I think one of the things is, is like, we want to provide that support without feeling like you're, you're trapped to an agency. So even if you work at an agency, you can come have the support with us and have that community. If you're a freelancer, you get the support that you might not feel like you get when you're mm. a freelancer. So we are trying to sort of like, build that community slowly and and, and all work together and, and come together. yeah it sounds so nice and it is almost like having a support bubble because like you said a lot of freelancers um I know there's a lot of kind of freelance marketing managers or event organizers it is hard to kind of feel that someone's there so it's so nice that there is a network of you who can kind of grow and collaborate together so I think it sounds great um and I know that you touched on you know you're big on kind of the experiential and creative side why is this important to you? Is it something you have an interest in? I know that you said previously you worked in that kind of sector. So yeah, so I've I've kind of worked in it all my career, realistically. Mm. I did a few like temp jobs um, when I first got out of university, but even on the side of that, I was working in hospitality and nightclubs and pulling together those type of events. Mm. And the main thing for me is, is that bringing people together helps in so many ways it helps the positive message for brands and and that yeah. experience that they can put across but it also helps the people it gives them something to do as we've found out in the last year how yeah. we there's none of them um and it gives them a place that they can learn something new they can have those positive experiences and the way i look at experiential and that type of marketing that experience marketing is if you were to look back on your life and the things that matter most to you in your life and the memories that matter most to you. It's very rare you're gonna say, I saw this magazine advert and that is something that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. So when you true. Come, 
when you tell your kids stories of the things that you've been to, it's going to be those events, those experiences that, that touched you. So mm. you bring people together. It might be that point where you meet your partner, that's your life partner. It might be that, that you have hear the best band that you've ever heard. And for me, one of the best experiences was uh, Michael Kiwanuka gig where there was about 30 people in the room before it became Amazing. really big. And that for me is going to stay with me to get forever. I yeah. can't say that about advertisement. I can't say that about sort of some digital marketing yeah, that experience is really there. And so when you can link that experience with a brand, it's really, really powerful. And, and I've been happy and, and been able to work on some of them, some amazing campaigns. Um, Definitely. And I know you touched on um, Pepsi. I know Coca-Cola have a massive kind of thing on experiential and they've done so many campaigns before where um, I don't know, you've had to go on someone's shoulders to be able to get put money into like the thing. And I mean, there's so many ideas out there. So I think it's such a big thing. And especially with virtual events, I think people are struggling to know how to make it experiential and therefore how to make it engaging. So I think there's so much information out there now. Yeah, definitely. And I think the thing with virtual is the way I try to look at it is they are different experiences. And what yeah. happened in the first, when we first got out, when we first jumped into lockdown, a lot of people and a lot of event organisers were going, right, we were just going to do the same thing. We're going to throw it online. And mm. that over time we're seeing doesn't really work and it doesn't yeah. have that connection that we want to have with our audiences. And we, we've seen some successful things we've seen some unsuccessful things and I think one of the things that that we always need to be thinking about is that experience what is that actual experience that the audience is getting and you can't just transfer that feeling of being in a room around mm. online because it's it's no. so different but that doesn't mean it can't still be a good experience and I um, I, I said I worked on, on PlayStation for a couple of years and I think mm. one of the things there is like in the gaming industry, people still get an experience from gaming. They still have a connection with gaming when they're on their headphones and speaking to someone. Yeah. But it's not trying to recreate an event. It is its its own thing and it lives yeah. its own sort of its own world. And I think that's how virtual can continue to succeed is by going, this is virtual. Even when in real life comes back, you can still have your in real life elements. Yeah, so true. Sort of virtual digital elements and they can work together, but it's about understanding your audience on, on what do they want and making sure mm. that you do that experience. So whether that's just even sending merchandise to them so that, yeah. something that they can open and there's there's you've got something laid out one, one to five, for example, and each bit you reveal something else in that mm. part. That's a great idea just as that you're going through that virtual experience because it's that touch that feel if there's a bottle that you open and it has a smell that takes you back to mm. something and, and enhances your sort of memories of something those are all those little touches and I, and this is what we're going to start to see more of we've seen, we've seen bits of it but i think i feel like that's what we're going to see more of with virtual um in the coming sort of years and it's yeah. interesting to see i completely agree with you there and i completely agree with sending gifts so, you know, this could be prior or pre-event um, or post-event, because if you think when you go to a typical event, whether it's a conference, an exhibition, you're always given out 
you know, little goodie bags, which let's be honest, a lot of us do just chuck with kind of pens and stuff in. But you could send out kind of things before to make them feel engaged and therefore make it experiential. And I know, I think, is it um, Heston Blumenthal, the chef? He's got kind of like an experiential restaurant where um, he creates all of his work into like a beach, but it's actually all edible. And I mean, there's so much and things like that, like you said, you would remember opposed to a typical um, virtual event that you're attending that, you know, there's no connection or, or no community. Yeah, definitely. And I think when we come to the in real life coming back, there's so many easy touch points for the experience because mm. the being out of your house, especially in that first year, is yeah. going to be experience in itself because we've all been locked up we haven't been able to go to the things we've wanted to so that is going to be the instant thing and so with virtual it is harder to come up with those bits but they are possible if you do that and I think some of the things that will thrive with virtual will be some of the conferences like your Can Lions and your South by Southwest where yeah. companies were paying a lot of money to travel to do the hotels and I feel like those bits but yeah like you said what's that goodie bag that people want to hold on to, but also will make them sort of go al along the journey of, I'm at this event as well. I've, I've been involved in a few things where I've been given sort of food packages and mm. the things that I'm eating, uh, the what's been eaten on screen as well. And like those just little touches just really help. Yeah, no, definitely. And I know obviously we've touched on virtual, how have you found attending virtual? Because I think it's been kind of very 50-50 where people have enjoyed the virtual aspect of attending an event. Um, I'm sure you've attended one, whether that's just a webinar or there's been quite a lot of virtual like music gigs. How have you found that yourself? I've, I think the thing for me is they've always been trying to be a, an in real mm. life. The, a yeah. lot of the ones that I've done so far, I have done some gaming ones um mm. are, are a little bit different but the ones where I'm watching a gig there is always a part of me that feels like imagine if I was there and I, yeah. I saw Ryx the other day that did a stream and I saw a Dermot Kennedy one a few weeks back and mm. and they were that one um, the Dermot Kennedy one was in the National uh, Natural History Museum sorry and I was just kept on thinking imagine if I was there yeah. watching that and I think that's that's the difficult part of them. Um, and there was nothing sent out for them. There was, they were just like, mm. this is it, you're watching it. And and sometimes you can think, could that have just been on demand rather than yeah. watching it live? So is it a live event or is it a an on demand mm. on demand thing? And so, and then I've been to ones where I have been sent things, um, and those have been the ones that I've enjoyed more. Because yeah, I've, like, I've opened that box, like you were saying, even before the event, I'm a little bit like, oh, this is like, what's this? What, and there's things mm. to feel, and it's, it's generally been food, which is always great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's always, yeah, it's always great getting food. But um, there was there was one that I that I experienced called Complex Land. So that was Complex Network. They usually do Complex Con and they did a version where you could walk around as a little avatar and you oh, went cool. into little rooms. And that was that was a fun experience. And I think for all of this, for everyone out there at the moment, we're all just virtually anyway, we're all just trying loads of different things. And it's great to kind of see that evolution of we're trying things and we're seeing what works. And you've got to give credit to everyone that's tried something because 
who knew literally yeah. a year ago this sort of week we were starting to hear the noise of something mm. happening it's, it's it's in England it's in America and then within mm. a month's time from sort of like a year ago we were just like what do we do events mm. being cancelled and the, the first part of it was just managing the events that have been cancelled and then yeah. and so all of these people and I've done virtual events and it's like it's all about learning and trying and and just working with your audience and, and remembering the, per, the people that matter is the audience at the end of the day whoever they are whatever your target audience is they're the people that matter so yeah definitely. experience for them completely agree and this kind of links in with my next question so how did you get through the pandemic I know we're kind of nearly towards the end I don't want to jinx it but we are nearly towards the end um and Molly Betton has just asked do you have any tips for startup agencies who are trying to get going during COVID I think there's so many companies that are trying to boost their sales, boost their audience, boost their network. How did you manage to get through through COVID so, or nearly through? <laughs> so, so for me, I'm, I'm I'm in a similar position. I started yeah. during during COVID, so I was employed, was made redundant, and I I decided that I was going to take the step of of starting Nobody's Cafe in that time. And the main thing that I've been doing is speaking to everybody you possibly can, uh, whether they are in an agency and your friends, whether they're more senior, whether they're more junior, just having these conversations because you don't know where things might lead. And I think yeah. I've had conversations with people and then suddenly it's been like, all right, there's this, why don't you start looking into this and doing that? And before, when, you, when you're kind of employed, you don't have those conversations because mm. you kind of feel like you've got your, your employer and you might have some of them, but it's generally just focused around that employer, not necessarily around who you are as a founder and who your company is. And with that, it just it's it's a lot of fun to be honest. It's a lot of fun yeah. you get to meet, especially in in the time that we've been in. It's really easy to have those conversations because um, this stream that we're doing now it's takes however long to yeah. quickly click your Zoom button, put some half an hour in a diary. Whereas before the pandemic that could have been a right I've got to jump on the central line and get over and have a so coffee true. with someone and then they're, they're a little bit like right I've got to take an hour out of my day to leave my mm. office and go get, have a coffee with this person now they're a bit like right just throw in half an hour you have that quick conversation and then you just keep keep that going and that that would be my, my main advice is yeah to just network and, and have as many conversations as you possibly can you don't know where they might go that's a really good point. And just don't underestimate things like LinkedIn and Instagram. They're so big at the moment. And even just um, replying to someone's post. Once you've replied on LinkedIn to someone's post, you get no notified when there's been other posts and literally just connect with everyone else who's connecting and communicating with the same post. It seems such a minor thing, but you'd be so surprised. I'd imagine half of my LinkedIn connections are probably people I've connected with as we've just commented on the same post or the same image. Um, that's a really good point and I think it is like you said during this time when we can't go for a coffee or a cocktail use it to spend the time to just jump on a call five minute call it's so much easier than it's going to be in maybe a year's time when people might want to meet up and get on the central line like you said which everyone hates <laughs> so use this time to just really um, make the most of virtual meetings because they are a lot easier and they tend to be a lot quicker as well so you know, everyone can find five minutes here or there. So 
So yeah. that's um, really really good point because moving on to sustainability, I know one of your values is sustainability and, and linking in with the whole virtual meeting. We're doing this, we're not causing any fumes by jumping on the tube. How do you think virtual events is going to change sustainability for kind of the industry? Because so many events and um, campaigns and things are done now online, which means, you know, there's no transport needed, no hotels needed. Yeah, I think virtual is good. It already has. And we already saw the sort of like numbers that we were hearing about the pollution going down last year and all of those, those elements across the globe. And I think it's such an important point it's sustainability climate change and, and what we realistically need to be actioning to to make those changes and it's 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 difficult in the events industry um experiential events industry because you are generally creating something even when we were talking then it was about sending things out even if you are doing virtual it's about sending things out so there is there is things to think about there but it's it's a lot of the time it's about what you're using as well yeah. it's about the things that you're sending out like making sure that they're recycled and making sure that you're communicating yeah. that to your audience about what you need to do virtual does limit those elements but if you actually dig into all the servers that are required for zoom calls and all the servers mm. that are required for um emailing and all of these things that that are needed there is issues there so even when we look at, oh, we're all virtual. There are still sustainability issues there and yeah. the size of the Microsoft base mm. that they need mm. to run all these things that we've got or Google's or Facebook's and all of these things. They're all, they're all things we need to be thinking about on a, on a large scale. So it's about what we're using. It's about yeah. how we're communicating that to our audience when we're speaking to them about making sure that they're as sustainable as possible. It's about when we do send things out, what can we send that's going to be reused, not mm. what we send that's like, we've just done this as a marketing thing because we have to. I think we need yeah. to be responsible about what we what we make in the events industry, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic and during. We've made a lot of things that it's a little bit, a bit, a little bit about we made them because we thought we had to. Yeah. We need to be purposeful about the things that we create for any event, virtual or in real life, and say, is someone actually going to hold on to this mm. beyond this, this moment? Are they going to reuse it? What is, what's the purpose for it? And I think all of those things will really help the sustainability issue, but it is something that's, that's, that's really big. It's all it's something that yeah. we individually need to sort of like understand and be responsible for. And I um and I know a lot of us put sort of like, well, it's big companies' responsibility and they need to do that. Yes, they do, but it's also on us as individuals, it's us on us as mm. event organizers, like how we communicate out to our audience and making sure we give our audience all the tools they possibly need and the yeah. education where we can to say these bits are recycled, these bits aren't, please dispose yeah. of these differently, please dispose of this this way yeah. and all that bit. And yes, not having to travel and the transport and those bits. Yeah, instantly, instantly completely agree. Down. Not jumping on a plane instantly brings it down, but there are there are other, there are other elements that we do need to be yeah. thinking about even when it is virtual. 
Definitely. And I think the industry has taken a step in the right direction, although obviously it was for kind of unforeseen circumstances. But now many people I do think will consider actually, do we need to kind of hire out the QE2 London um, and everyone's going to have to travel there, get a hotel there when we can just do it online. So I think there is a step in the right direction. Um, and definitely, you know, if event organizers are listening, wanting to send out products or leaflets, just think leaflets, they can be sent via email. Is it worth sending the paper version? Or would you rather just send a gift, like you said, that can be reused or you know it's going to be repurposed? repurposed. So yeah, I completely agree with you there. And I think it's such a hot topic this year. Um, I mean, sustainability has been kind of a cause for concern for years now, but this past year, I think it's really ramped up where people are starting to see the difference where people aren't traveling just because we haven't been able to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it's it, you're, like you just touched on there, it's something that we've kind of been forced into this change. Yeah. But it's one of those things that we have been forced into it and now we need to we need to go yeah. and be forced into. And I think it's, it's similar to sort of like the diversity conversations that we're now having those have been pushed forward, but now it's on us to continue those, continue that education and continue working together to, to help get there and, and just jumping back to that purposeful thing. Even if you do send a leaflet, like, or that you need to send information, give your audience the chance to say, right, we're going to put all our information on the back of a print. Which print do you want? Then yeah. you keep that print and you can put that up on the wall. You don't care what's on the back of it. I love that idea. But it's used and it's kept and it's just mm. such a simple little thing that stops it from being waste. It's actually something that you want to keep and then you think, yeah. I got that from that event. So that's a purpose. great idea. And then and it's something that you can um, hold on to. And yeah, I would definitely do that. I think that's such a good idea actually and I've never thought of that. So if we start seeing that, then that's all come from you. <laughs> Um, and David, if I'm not to the 30 minute mark, I don't know how it goes so quickly, but where do you see the future of events? And I guess more importantly, where do you see the future of Nobody's Cafe? Like for us, um, it's just working with as many brands, as many creators as we possibly can and, and delivering um, the best possible experiences, whether that's yeah. virtual, hybrid or in real life. So that's that's the way we see ourselves. And, and like I said earlier, growing to help the community, not just helping Nobis Cafe, but helping others grow, whether they're yeah. part of Nobis Cafe or, or, or somewhere else. And then with the industry, I think we're in a really exciting time. Um, I know it's been stressful. I know it's been, for some of us, it's been a, it's been a really tough year. But mm. we are now at what I believe is going to be sort of a boom. They still, they say it's going to be the Roaring Twenties um, yeah. over again. Um, and it's funny because Nobis Cafe originated from a name in the Twenties and, and here we are 100 years later yeah. trying, trying to do the same thing and trying to bring two people together. Um, and But I feel like there's going to be a, a big boom. So it's for everyone to kind of be willing to learn, be willing to adapt try hybrid, try virtual, try in real life, but mm. there are going to be so many opportunities that we can all work together and, and thrive through. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we've just had one more question come through, okay. so I'll just sneak this one in. And Sammy Young said, do you think it's important for an event agency to have a unique selling point in such a large industry? I think, 
Uh, yes and no. I feel mm. like you have to have a unique selling point, but you don't need to niche into working with certain people. As in, like a lot of people say, you need to niche. I don't necessarily agree with that side of things. I think you can be open to working with everyone. I think the some of the uniqueness comes from the people, especially in the early days. It's the people yeah. inside there. It's the people that are running it. We can all come up with great names and websites. Like it's so easy for anyone to do that now. But what you can't come up with and you can't just fake is who you are as a person. And I feel like yeah. that's a unique thing. So whoever um, your story, what your experiences is are, and then when you're speaking to people, just be like, this is me, this is how I feel that things should be run. And if you yeah. can do that from the start, then in 10 years, you should have a company that's what you want it to be, rather than just going, this is our unique selling point based on something that might fit the industry right now. It might not fit it in 10 years, but you're always going to be yourself. So you yeah. can adapt and change and still you be unique. So that's, Definitely. that's, that's the way I'd look at that. Yes, that's a really good way to end the podcast. So David, it's been so lovely speaking to you. And um, where can people find you for people who maybe they didn't want to reach out on the, the live stream? Maybe they'll want to reach out to you to find out more or have some questions. So yeah, so obviously get through on our website, which is www.nobiscafe.com. And then LinkedIn is like you were saying earlier, it's one of the best places. So just David O'Shea connect with everyone and if you send me a message I'm, I'm definitely going to get back in touch I feel yeah. like it's great to just communicate communicate as much as you can definitely and for everyone listening on demand or live right now thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you all next Wednesday thanks for having me